Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. What will the Phoenix Suns do without Devin Booker? We have life from the Memphis Grizzlies. Plus, is Kevin Durant all right? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. After missing the second half of the Phoenix Suns game two loss to the New Orleans Pelicans, Devin Booker diagnosed with a mild hamstring strain. He is out for games three and four. We will see the timeline from there. Joining me now from Locked on Suns, Brendan Clean. And Brendan, Devin Booker is a huge part of this Phoenix offense, albeit an offense that has been able to find points just about everywhere on this roster over the course of the season. Devin Booker in the midst of a 31-point half in Game 2 before he got hurt. Where does Phoenix turn for offense now? That's the million-dollar question. This this is a team that could have won Game 2 if Chris Paul had played a little bit better overall, I think. Um, tentative, didn't feel like he had that attack mode ready that he needed to when Chris when Devin Booker went out. And they've been out of sorts on offense. This is a team that has that, that sort of Death Star feel when they are really rocking, and they have not had that vibe. Their bench is not doing a whole ton. They haven't generated the types of shots that you like to see. And aside from Booker, there hadn't been one player who you would point to and say they have stepped up as a scorer, as a playmaker through two games. It's just been Booker, and now he's gone. So They will start Cameron Johnson, is what it sounds like from the reports, go very big in that starting lineup. They'll need Chris Paul engaged and and aggressive all night, and you hope that the bench uh, doesn't suffer too much as the depth gets worn thin. This is a team that was top five all season in offensive efficiency, Uh, and we saw in game one, when Chris Paul wants to go at you, he will go at you, and he put on a clinic in game one. How much of that will they need over the next two games in order to sustain offense, or can it be a a bit of a next man up and just fill in bits and pieces here and there? I think they need the threat of that Chris Paul scoring. He he has basically, since he's been a son, if not longer, paced himself as well as anybody in the NBA. He has the feel for, I'm going to set guys up quarters one through three, and then if that fourth quarter I need to you know, start to take my shots a little bit more and, and get to the basket even and do what he did in game one, he'll do it. But that's going to need to be the mindset from the opening tip, not the fourth quarter inbounds this time around. And you'll also need the other guys to step up because his game, as much as we can see it in chunks, he's not going to go get you 50. He is not Kevin Durant. <laughs> he, he's going to be a playmaker first and foremost. And so that offense is still going to come within the flow, which means other players need to hit shots. They need to be aggressive as well. The pick and roll needs to be working with the Andre Ayton. It is going to be everybody because that's how Chris Paul plays, but that threat of him taking some of those mid-range jumpers and everything we know him to be, that's going to have to be there too. The other part of this is the the Phoenix Suns, they just gave Mikhail Bridges a new contract, DeAndre Ayton, Wants a new contract. Phoenix has has not been willing to go to that that big max number. Uh, isn't this what you have those guys theoretically for for these moments when if you need a little extra scoring punch, you're you're they're theoretically worth. They're not paying DeAndre and all that money, but he wants to get all that money. 
isn't isn't this the moment that you have those guys for? Mikael Bridges was massive in the fourth quarter of game two. He was one of the only players who really was attacking. He got to the basket multiple times off of closeouts, off of cuts. There's only so much he can do with the type of player that he is right now. They don't have a system that allows him to just go at an off a, a, a defense. And same is true with DeAndre Ayton. As much as that obviously is the case where it's like, hey, you guys are our third and fourth best players. If our best player goes out, well, you jump up a, a tier and, and you know step up and, and do your thing. But that's not how the Suns play. And so what we've seen when Paul or Booker have had to miss time over the past couple of years is the system remains intact and everybody else just sort of has to make and take a little bit more of their shots. But you can't replace what Booker does. They don't give the ball to Aiton in, in scoring moments like that. So... This is going to be a Chris Paul making it or breaking it type of series, I think, as far as the offense goes. And the Suns, at the end of the day, are still the more talented team. So that should be a task they're up to, but they have their work cut out for them. They lost home court advantage, and and they're down their best player. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. Now for a big announcement. Starting Thursday, April 28th, tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Lockdown's NFL Mock Draft Special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. Coming up, the Memphis Grizzlies got back on track against the Minnesota Timberwolves in historic fashion. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new daily fantasy over under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the daily fantasy over under. For example, you could take home runs in a baseball game or you could take three point shots. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from 2x to over 20 times your entry. 20 times. Try getting that somewhere else. You you can't. The main reason I'm excited about Daily Fantasy Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends contest and we can play together and I can probably make fun of their picks. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their Daily Fantasy Over Under game. Have fun with your friends. Tell them how lame their picks are and tell them how much money you're making when you get 20 times your wager. Make sure to use promo code Locked On today, and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code Locked On today when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Even without Luka Doncic, the Utah Jazz couldn't beat the Dallas Mavericks game three the Dallas Mavericks get a win in Utah to go up 2-1 on the Utah Jazz in their playoff series Nick Engstead from the Locked On Mavericks podcast here no Luka no problem for the Dallas Mavericks Spencer Dinwiddie 20 points six assists and all of them were huge including a couple of huge buckets down the stretch to give the Mavericks the win Jalen Brunson 
31 points. The biggest thing about this series so far to me, Jalen Brunson has thoroughly outplayed Donovan Mitchell through three games. It has been absolutely wild to see how good Jalen Brunson has been in this series. Every time the ball is, is, is in his hands, you feel like it's going to go in the basket. You feel like something good is going to happen. You feel like the Jazz are on their toes trying to figure out what to do on defense. Interesting wrinkle in this game. The Jazz did go small. Gobert and Whiteside have played at least one of them have played every single minute this series. And in the end of the third quarter, the Jazz took out Gobert and Whiteside to put in Eric Paschal to go small. And they found some success. Then down the stretch, put Gobert back in and the Mavericks end up winning the game. Something to look at. The injury news just keeps coming for the NBA playoffs. Milwaukee Bucks star Chris Middleton will miss the rest of the opening round playoff series against the Chicago Bulls due to a sprained MCL in his left knee. Middleton will be reevaluated in two weeks when a timeline on his possible return in these playoffs, assuming the Bucks advance, could become clearer. Over the past two seasons, the Bucks are 86 and 34 when Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday are all on the floor together, including the playoffs. However, Milwaukee did outscore opponents by 7.8 points per 100 possessions when Antetokounmpo and Holiday played without Middleton on the floor. They are still the favorites beat the Chicago Bulls in their first round series. Arizona Cardinals general manager Steve Kime made it clear Thursday that any speculation that the franchise might try to trade Kyler Murray is just that. Kime said there is, quote, zero chance he will trade Murray when asked about it on Thursday. Murray's future in Arizona has been a topic since his agent, Eric Burkhart, released a statement last month that explained how a detailed contract proposal was sent to the team. Murray, the number one overall pick in the 2019 draft, is eligible for an extension this offseason. The way we've approached it is we have free agency, we have the draft, and then we will take a deep breath and sort of refocus, Kime told reporters. Nothing has changed in terms of him being our long-term and short-term quarterback. Presumably, short-term is not a joke about Kyler Murray's height, but we can't be sure. Here is another story you need to know. It was over. For the Memphis Grizzlies. Until it wasn't. An unbelievable 50-16 to 16 run to end the game. In fact, it was the largest margin of victory by a team trailing by 16 or more going into the fourth quarter of a playoff game in NBA playoff history. A 104-95 win. Joining me now, nodding his head, very happy about everything that just happened. Sean Coleman from Locked on Grizzlies. Sean, I'm going to ask you the question this way. Are you more buoyed by the comeback or more concerned that it was necessary? I am more buoyed by the comeback. And the reason why I say that is this, is because at the end of the day, when it mattered in the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies showed why they're the second seed and the Timberwolves are the seventh seed. The Grizzlies' depth, led by Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain, it stood out. The Grizzlies' defense finally made their impact to have that big fourth quarter, and Desmond Bain finally showed he can be the difference maker from three that can take away that differential from the Timberwolves. Everything we needed to happen to make things go in our favor happened in a very short amount of time, and we showed while we can play with anyone getting the victory tonight. So highly encouraged by that fourth quarter. So what went wrong then that that wasn't going wrong during this comeback? What was the problem that had them down 15, 20 plus for most of this game? Basically, what it is is the same thing that kind of happened in game one. The Grizzlies just could not find their rhythm. Minnesota, neither team could really find their rhythm. But the Grizzlies, especially, John Morant was defended very well in the paint. 
The passes were not there. They were settling more for jump shots more than they were moving the ball around trying to find high percentage shots. And shot after shot after shot was missed. The Grizzlies, they got into early foul trouble as well. A lot of obstacles were in the way from the Grizzlies getting into a rhythm. A team that needs to get into a rhythm a lot more than other playoff teams need to. But they finally made adjustments in the second quarter. That's a big thing that's helped out in this series. The Grizzlies have been absolutely outstanding in the second quarter. And then, of course, you see the adjustments on the fly led to that historic fourth quarter tonight. What was it defensively that Memphis was able to do? Because you outscore a team 37 to 12. It's not just about you scoring the 37. You have to hold them to 12. And and the Grizzlies were able to hold uh, Minnesota to just 44 second half points. Exactly. And the reason why is because the Grizzlies, once again, even though at times it made the score may not indicate it, the Grizzlies defense overall has gotten the results that it's needed really since halftime of game one. And the reason I say that is because they basically just did not let any Timberwolves stand out. No Timberwolves really got into the rhythm that they needed to. And Cat, D'Angelo Russell was a bit better tonight, but he still overall wasn't dominant. The Grizzlies simply made it clear that they were not going to let one of the main guys for the Timberwolves take over, and the Grizzlies' depth shined out both on defense and offense. So as we look forward here, now Memphis has has gotten the series back in their favor. What do they need to do to avoid these lulls that we've seen now in, in multiple games here? Trust their defense. They've got to trust their defense, in my opinion, because it worked out tonight, right? They're going to have to trust their defense to be able to make the opportunity in place to where if their offense doesn't get off to a great start like it hasn't so far in this series, it still can remain in games. But they're going to have to also put faith in making the extra pass. It helped them win game two. It made the difference in the fourth quarter tonight. Put it together for a full 48. But the other big thing that's going to make the difference Desmond Bain is the equalizer in terms of giving the Grizzlies confidence from three, 14 threes tonight versus 12 for the Timberwolves. The Grizzlies keep shifting that three tied. That's what's given them the advantage in this series. Coming up, Kevin Durant has looked off to begin the NBA playoffs and our Locked On Nets guys have some thoughts as to why. Looking for a snack to get you through the NBA playoffs that will satisfy your sweet tooth without messing up your diet. Look no further then Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 100% real chocolate. And yet, somehow, by some magical force, Built Bars are low-calorie and high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better, and they taste like candy. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low carb, high fiber, low carb. Did I say low carb? Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. Protein infused marshmallows. Protein infused marshmallows. I'm going to say it one more time. Protein infused marshmallows. This is not just a health food. This is a treat covered in 100% real chocolate and yet it's fuel for your body. And I know that you want some more if you've had some before. And if you've never tried them, I know you want an excuse. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. For today's take, we get some thoughts on Kevin Durant's lackluster performance to begin the NBA playoffs. You said it about the feeling coming out of that first game, but by the end of that episode and that post game, I came to the place of being like, right, but what are the chances? And I think I put them essentially at zero. 
that Kevin Durant is going to have another game like that. He had another game like that, and I can argue it's worse. Like I don't give, I don't care about the stat line. I don't care about the box score. I don't care about him getting to the foul line more, which is something that I called for him to do after the first game, which he managed to do and somehow have it be meaningless. This is an all-time like. This is about as big of a no-show from a superstar as you could have over the first two games of a series. This is everything you bank on about why being a seventh seed doesn't matter and all the ups and downs of the regular season and everything else. Just get us there. And this is about Boston's defense. We're going to talk about all this different stuff, but I just... It's inexcusable. Like, it's inexcusable to be Kevin Durant and have back-to-back games like this to say nothing of of Kyrie Irving. We'll get to in a second as well. Yeah, it's not not fun. It's not fun. It's not funny, Doug. Okay, he's 13 for 41 from the field to start the series through the first two games. That's obviously so far below his efficiency rate over the course of the season that it's it's only two games, but it's it's quasi-alarming. I would say that if you just watch the shots, you would think, okay, you're just maybe running bad from the field. It can happen in shorter sample sizes. I do think the more of the actually concern comes from the other parts of the game that seem completely out of whack, like the inability to dribble at times, the inability to like maintain a dribble, the inability to have like fully weighted passes um, to the point where I'm not suggesting this to be the case, but when something looks this out of whack for a player, that's this good. My mind actually does turn to like, Hey, I wonder if he's hurt a little bit (laughs) because, and this is, you know, think about a pitcher in baseball um, where if you watch a lot of baseball and it's like, Hey, a guy that's really good on the mound just lets up you know, five earned runs in an inning, mm-hmm. you know, and then eight earned runs for a game. And you're like, oh, and then 24 hours later, they go on the 10-day DL because there's something wrong with their forearm, sure. right? Like, it's just, it's like, it's, you can put in lock, you go with lockstep for times like this when it happens with guys who are very repeatable with their performance, right? Guys who are very, it's just game in and game out. It's just pretty much the same. These guys, Durant is like this. He's like, he's as efficient as it gets. So when across sort of the whole game, it looks bad, I actually just wonder if something else is wrong. There probably is nothing, but it's only to say to it's only to speak to how good he is that when it looks this off, you just have to start questioning other things because he's just too good. For months in the offseason, I heard about how the Nets were a Kevin Durant shoe size away from being NBA champions. How it was the Nets title to lose you know, until they actually lost it. And it downplayed everything that the Milwaukee Bucks did in that series. Call me a Milwaukee Bucks homer if you want to. That's fine. But this is the deal when you're an NBA superstar. If we're going to spend months praising you for what you did, and Kevin Durant deserves the praise. He's one of the 10 or 12 best players to ever pick up a basketball. But that means... When you can't score on Jason Tatum, when you go 0 for 7 with three turnovers when guarded by Jason Tatum, when you can't get free against the Boston Celtics, you have to take that pressure. You have to take that responsibility. When Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving got together, it was about winning titles. It was about restoring New York basketball to glory. And they have, to date, Not delivered on that promise for myriad reasons. Kevin Durant's shoe size being part of that. This is what Kevin Durant asked for when he left Golden State. He wanted the praise for being the guy when things went well, which he was never going to get in Golden State where Steph Curry was the superstar on that team, at least among the fans. He was just not going to get the shine. 
Well, now you want the shine, you have to take the pressure too. And so far, we're just two games in, he has not been up to the task for whatever reason. A lot of ball game left, but if you would have told me that through two games, Kyrie Irving would have been the more reliable Nets player than Kevin Durant, I would have told you that's as crazy as saying the earth is flat. And finally, allowing a home run can be a shocking experience for a pitcher, but one pitcher took his response a little too far. Weatherford College pitcher Owen Woodward tackled North Central Texas College's Josh Phillips, who took him deep, as he rounded third on Wednesday. Woodward was kicked off the team, Weatherford announced on Thursday. The ensuing brawl cost North Central Texas so many players due to suspension that they had to forfeit the next two games. The two schools are slated to finish the series on Saturday. And at this point, we're talking about Texas, like just play football. It seems like that's what they want to do anyway. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Coming up Monday, we'll catch you up on the weekend's NBA playoff action and look ahead to the NFL Draft. It's a loaded slate upcoming, so at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.